I am joined by Gina Spivey. Gina, Hello. I am so glad to see you again. Gina, why don't glad you tell folks here. about uh, your ministry and where you're from? Sure. Um, I am the family ministries pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. So I oversee early childhood, elementary, middle school, high school, but um, I've been at that church for eight years serving as our special abilities pastor. So that's actually my yes. heart. That's my passion. That's the context um, where you and I the met. the context where we've met and had several conversations. And the context in which we're, I want to have this conversation, Great. why I wanted to have Shauna come in. Because one of the things that we know, and I want to ask specifically about that language as well, because we know that so many of you out there feel this tension of, we want to carry this banner of child discipleship. Mm. But we know that child discipleship is not complete unless it means child discipleship for every child. Yeah, yeah. And that means child discipleship for every child and helping families come alongside every single child in your community. Yeah. So, Gina, my first question for you is, you know, early on, Matt was talking about sort of the language that Awana uses, which is this 3B child discipleship mm -hmm. pathway. Mm -hmm. People call children's ministry childcare sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I know in special abilities at Calvary, you mm -hmm. get that even more. Absolutely. What does discipleship look like yeah. in ministries like these? Well, first, if I could just get on a soapbox for a hot yeah, second absolutely. and say that um, if you're not intentionally doing child discipleship for children who have any type of special ability um, on the autism spectrum, Down syndrome, any sort of intellectual or physical disability, if you're not going out of your way to intentionally disciple this group of children, then you're missing a huge pocket. Statistically, yeah. we know that. Um, just arbitrarily, you know that. Everybody knows somebody who has a child who has some sort of a disability. They're the largest ungrouped uh, population that we have in the United, or unchurched population that we have in the United States right now. We know that also statistically as well. So oh, wow. let me just say that it's critical that we develop programs and come up with creative ways to minister to and disciple um, children and students who are affected by disability. So to not to understand that it's not childcare is the same way that we would understand that the nursery isn't childcare or that children's ministry isn't childcare. Our goal is to make disciples of children, whomever and whatever their disability looks like or might be. And we do it through the same ways. We just have to be a little more careful with how we do it. And we have to take a little bit more time. And what we've talked a lot about is that the outcomes may not look like what we're used to seeing. Mm -hmm. So when we do Bible memorization, it might look differently but the Holy Spirit is real and God is good. And so we believe that uh, children who are nonverbal can memorize scripture. We believe that children who are nonverbal have a privilege and a right and um, the beautiful relationship with scripture that we want for all children. So they too belong to that 3B model and um, we have a responsibility to provide that for them. Absolutely. And Shauna, I want to bring you in here because parents who have kids like this, I think often not only carry this unique responsibility, but often can carry this sense of guilt or yeah. burden. Yeah. And it's so critical for the church to come alongside yeah. every parent, but especially parents like this. Well, I think the beauty of a church family, bringing in a family mm -hmm. of a child with special abilities mm -hmm. and what the what that looks like. And so what I, what I want to ask you about that, Gina, is how have you seen that work really where, where you see a church family just put their arms around yeah. that family yeah. and support them and love them? Because I think, I mean, the likelihood of them continuing to come to church, continuing yeah. to come to midweek services, yeah. 
I would think has to be so much higher oh, when yeah. they feel like they belong there oh, and you've seen their needs and you're loving them. So how are, how are you loving them? Yeah, well, the, the number one way is to just celebrate their mm. family dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, having a child with a disability is not something to mourn. Yeah, It's something to celebrate. It's something to understand and come alongside of and walk the journey yeah. with families. And I don't mean that to say that it's not a difficult journey. It is. But um, we also are there to breathe life into families and to say we're with you on this journey, that we celebrate that your child was de you know, designed in the image of God mm -hmm. in a perfect way. And so we, we see and value your child. That in and of itself changes a family's dynamic because it's everything that they're doing is about fixing what's wrong, what therapy can we do. And for us to just say we love your child because your child was created by a good mm -hmm. God. And so we're going to do what we can to help you. That is like a breath of fresh air that allows wow. parents to just let their shoulders down a little bit. Absolutely. But then on a practical level to really provide services, we just even little things like um, our parent support group and those kinds of things. But we've had more and more families come to us with the real life hardships. What For are we sure. going to do about residential facilities? What about a day program? Can you build a day program? Because the reality is that nobody else is doing it. Mm -hmm. And so for us to be a, a place where the community says, we know that we can come to you and trust you to build a day program, to build wow. residential facilities, which are all things that we're working on, speaks to the volume with which we've cared for families in a practical way, all under the the commandment of the gospel to love all people and Absolutely. to help. Which has led to evangelism in your community, oh, it's in, right? It's incredible. Yes. And the number of volunteers that have come to Christ, mm. because we've said, just come and watch what we do. And then we don't, it's just we're doing this because, and then we're able to share that in an evangelistic way. Wow. Volunteers, families, siblings, you know, coming to Christ, teachers, therapists, because we're saying we're doing it in a different way and we're offering something that, you know, the world just can't offer. Wow. And it's peace and love. So. Well, and you lived that out, particularly after COVID. Right. Where, you know, obviously the, the challenges of lockdowns for that community were so substantial. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But afterwards. Yeah your community came running back yeah. because you were the church correct, yes. and you guys continue to yeah. be the church. Yeah. And I think that is true no matter what your context looks like, no matter what your relationship looks like, because yeah. I know there's folks who maybe are Googling you right now or like trying to figure out where the church is from. <laughs> you won't right? find much. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually quite true. We should work on that later. You know, your church has a lot of resources, right? Right. And I want to just go right at what I think is often a misplaced cynicism Correct. associated with this conversation Correct. because everything you're talking about is mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. There is obviously a level of protection, a sure. level of importance around methodology here, yep. but resources aren't a part of that. That's People right. are a part that's of right. that. That's right. That's right. Well, what sorry. do you say to the person who's like, man, that's great for you, yep. but I can't I afford that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, we get it all the time. Um, all the time. <laughs> Ross knows because this is the, I always go, Ross, help me. I yeah. just want to tell. It's mm -hmm. not, you don't have to have a wing. You don't have yeah. to have a facility. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, we didn't either. I mean, when I started, we no. didn't have any of these things. We were just went out of our way to say, this is a population that we are going to reach. We're going to do what we need to do. And now mm -hmm. this is what it is. But beyond that, even before that, taking it back a notch, all you have to do is love a child, wow. love their family, find a way, say yes. If a family comes to you and you're, a wanna club or on a Sunday morning and says, 
I have a child who's on the autism spectrum and they may need a little extra support. Can they come? The answer is yes. You will find a way. There is someone in your community. There's a teacher. There's a therapist. There's someone at your church that will help you make this successful. Just say yes. I promise you the Lord will meet you there. I will help you. Someone will help you. <laughs> yeah. But you will be rewarded um, infinitely by having these families in your church body. Your church is not complete unless you've reached out to families affected by disability. It's biblical. It's yeah. who we're supposed to be. As someone said, so was it you that was saying this? Someone said like Jesus couldn't go two feet without stumbling into somebody who had a disability. So the Bible's pretty clear yeah. about mm -hmm. um, what we're, who we're supposed to be. If um, I did say that, it wasn't as eloquent as that, okay, but well, I appreciate I think the credit. Said something like that. But, <laughs> but I think it's so critical that folks understand that because like, I want to be, you know, this is, this is deeply personal for me, yeah. right? So my uncle has autism and God used my uncle with autism mm to connect us to a church when we were a family that went on Christmas and Easter. We are good priesters, right? <laughs> and that was the church that I ultimately wound up getting baptized in, wow. uh, that my wife wound up serving in. Like everything that I have, I owe to a guy mm. who was uh, left for dead because he was born mm -hmm. um, uh, with disabilities wow. and uh, grew up with autism. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Uncle Mickey. Yes. But... Um, the reason that I'm so passionate about this, and I want to be clear about this being passion and not judgment, mm. is because you can do this. Yeah. Gina was listing off like therapist teachers. You also don't have to have fancy letters next to your name. That's right. Mm. I'm curious about the sort of volunteer question, right? Because yeah. that's going to be the next thing mm -hmm. you Absolutely. get. Absolutely. Right? So statistically, this is in your community, right? Mm. Yep. What, regardless Guaranteed. of what the impact mm -hmm. looks like, regardless of what the specific differences or disabilities look like, yep. this is in your community. Yep. What does it look like? What are the right kind of volunteers? Yeah. What I think qualifications, qualifications do they have to have? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You, you need no <laughs> qualifications. <laughs> you need to be a person who's willing to love a child. I yeah. mean, that's what we're here to do. That's what the, that's the whole point. This is belonging. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is what we're talking about. So you do not need to be a therapist. You can, my, my point is you can find someone to help resource you. If you're nervous, our church said no first. Our executive pastor said, no, we've had this conversation too out of liability out of like fear, all that. And it wasn't until we finally just said, we're going to say yes to mm -hmm. one kid. And he was in our context and we found a way. So anybody can serve in this ministry. The best, best volunteers that we have are the ones that come in terrified and tell me that they don't think that this is the right ministry. I have one of our guy volunteers who's at every single thing that we did. When he first became a believer, he went to Pastor Sean Thornton and said, I'll volunteer anywhere except for the special abilities ministry because it's terrifying and I don't know what I'm doing and I, I don't want to be involved in it. And he is our most bought in volunteer now. Aww. So if you're nervous, that means you're going into it with the right heart, with the right spirit, but you can do it. Do it. Just do it. You're going to be blessed. I promise. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Before we get back to the show, have you heard about childdiscipleship.com? Our team has intentionally crafted this growing collection of insights and resources to help you pass on a legacy of faith. We're committed to keeping things simple, rooted in scripture, and ultimately practical to serve you and your ministry. How do we raise kids to be resilient disciples and lead the church into the future? How do we help them know, love, and serve Jesus for the rest of their lives? These are the sort of questions we will make our best efforts to wrestle with and answer at childdiscipleship.com. But we want to do that with you. This is about more than crafts and snacks, people. 
Check out childdiscipleship.com powered by Awana today. We talk about essentially like the the, the business owner would be like scaling things like sure. that. How do we not charge uh, charge hell with a squirt gun? Yeah. as a pastor friend of mine okay. likes to say, it's a great question, and I actually get this a lot when churches say, "Oh, we want to start a special needs ministry, so we're going to start with a prom." And I always say, "Please don't start with a prom. <laughs> Please start with a Sunday morning. Please start with one kid. Please start with wow. an Awana. Please start because if you." go for the fence, swing for the fences. And you're like, we're going to have 200 kids with special abilities here for once a year. And then on, they show up the next day for church. We're going to tell them we can't accommodate them. That is the worst way to go about it. And I proms are great. We do one every year at our church. It's all fine. I'm not trying to dissuade something like that, but I would say your number one goal has got to be, are you ready to disciple a child and their family in the long haul? Yep. And then as you do that, then there will be more, there will be more. I promise if you build it, they will come that that I can promise yeah. because there's so few churches that are really working to make a space for these families. But I would just say to the, the scalability and the sustainability comes from starting at the most important, most critical juncture, which is child discipleship, which is belonging Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, whatever that looks like. Um, and then you can go from there. Just know that they do have things taken away. Like you talked about COVID. This was the most devastating thing that could happen oh. to our families because their whole world was ripped away. Mm -hmm. So that's why they came back so quickly to us because it was home based to them mm -hmm. and they needed it because everything was mm -hmm. removed. So like just everything gone and they were isolated on it. An island and Calvary became a safe space for them. But the only reason that that was that way was because we had taken the small next right step, next right step along the way to make sure we were loving families well. And that it was not about us, that it was not yeah. about saying we did this because we're such great and generous people. <laughs> and so it's like, no, it's hard. Like it is. And you will get hurt. You might get bit, you might get right. kicked, you might get hit. Mm -hmm. And like, congratulations, now you're doing the Lord's work and you're in it. Yeah. So, you know, all that to say it's hard and it's not always easy, but it is always good. Yeah. And the more that you can just take it step by step and day by day and do the right thing, the Lord, I promise, will put the people in your path, the programming, all the things that you need, finances, all of it. He just handles it. These is such a tender thing to the Lord. So yeah. shameless plug. You know, I mentioned this earlier. I, my primary responsibility at one is hosting the child deception podcast. And Gina has been a guest on it multiple times. If you find those episodes, we do have, we do get a little bit more into the weeds mm -hmm. than we're able to within the context of this conversation, mm -hmm. including resources that Gina and her team have developed video conversations that she's had with her team. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who run midweek ministries like Awana clubs, really practical steps that Gina and her team have developed that are really helpful. Mm -hmm. If you're looking on what this could look like in your context. Mm -hmm. So I do want to offer that Great. as like, check that out. And also really shameless plug exclusive for you people coming up uh, very soon on that podcast is going to be an entire series dedicated to how we serve this community and what discipleship looks like in this community. Well, I was just thinking as you were talking about each of these children, I was thinking about what Matt was talking about with is each child noticed, named and known. Yeah. And that's kind of where my mind kept going back to is, is every single child do they have someone that's discipling them? And so where, where I would like to take this is, you know, if I'm a, a mom that just found out that I have a child with some sure. type of special ability. Sure. So I've, I've just been to the doctor's office. I've just found out something that is sitting heavy on my heart. Mm -hmm. What does that conversation then look like with you? When mm -hmm. I come to church, what does that conversation mm -hmm. look like? And, and how do you 
um, reassure and love that parent yeah. in that moment to, yeah. to help them see, because something that you've said often is that these children have the ability to know and love yeah. and serve of the course. Lord. Oh, and of so in a way that we probably never will, yes. honestly. Yeah. yeah. So we get that a lot. And families do come to us often with a new diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we're really careful to do is, is to never ask about, mm. oh, it looks like maybe your child might be on the autism spectrum yeah. or your child clearly has a physical disability. Like what's the diagnosis? We want to be a place that families know that they can come when they're mm. ready because mm. it is a journey for families. Mm. And so we don't want to be in a family's face. We want to just, they, they know we're there and then we wait for them to come to mm-hmm. us. But that's where the pastoral shepherding really comes into play. And we're able to just open scriptures and it's so clear in the Bible that that God loves all people and that God, like I said, everybody's made in the image of God in the Imago Dei. And so we're able Mm -hmm. to really go into that with families and just say, we're here for you practically, but the Lord loves you and has not abandoned you. And Mm -hmm. this is not um, any type of representation of some sin pattern in your life. We can go to John 9, we can point it all out. And so to just be able to say, totally, it's, yeah, exactly. And so that in and of itself to just sit with a family and say, it's going to be okay, but it's not just going to be okay. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And God, is going to use it. And, and we have the history now to say, we've seen it wave after wave, after wave, family, after family, um, that God's going to use you and we're here for you. And, um, you know, we have someone on our team who's a mother to two daughters who both have special abilities and she's a single mom. And so she's able to kind of step in and say, I've been there. We have a little thing. We'll a little pamphlet that we can give to families that just says step one, find a regional center, step two, you know, the practical stuff. So really just kind of educating them, encouraging them and just equipping them to to serve. Exactly. So discipling the disciple maker. That's exactly right. That's exactly. And that we really do believe that every child um, is known and Mm -hmm. seen in Mm -hmm. our context and even more so within the special abilities ministry, because there's so many more complexities to know, Mm -hmm. you know, what do, what does this child, what's a trigger for this child or what's a behavior that we might see. So we actually have to get to know them in an even deeper way than maybe in some other contexts or forms. We often talk to their therapists or talk to their pediatricians or their teachers to just help us be able to really walk the walk with Mm -hmm. them. Um, And the parents are our greatest resource. So it's just a journey to be able to to so intentional, so much intentionality in that conversation. Well, and I just, I love the facts when I think about my own kids. What I really want people to take away is that there's Gina Spivey's in your community. Mm. There are Shauna's in your community mm-hmm. that if you are a parent right now and you are feeling alone in news you just got from a doctor, right. that mm-hmm. does not have to be true. That's right. And if you're a church leader right now and you're feeling like your pastor is not listening to you and you want to do this, there are steps forward that you can take. When Gina said she'll help you, she meant it. I do mean <laughs> it. I would be honored. <laughs> we will help you find yes, Gina yes. because you can't find her on Google because she listened to Andy Crump. I will help you find her. full circle. Yeah. Own in trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> so here, the last thing I want to yeah. just throw out here, because sure. we, got, we got about 30 seconds left, oh. um, is last word of encouragement. Mm. I'm someone who's ready to charge the hill, and I want to yeah. start this thing. Mm. You said the first thing to start with is the Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I'm walking into a Sunday morning ready to develop that relationship. What's the first thing mm-hmm. I should keep in mind? Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you should keep in like mind? Like the first step to in, like, I, have, I don't have any ministry. What's mm-hmm. the first yeah. step in starting a ministry? Uh, I think the first step in starting a ministry is to say 
yes to find a child or a parent in your context. Like, like you said, everybody knows somebody. So to go to somebody that you know and say, I would love to invite your child and I will walk alongside mm -hmm. them. I will keep them safe. I'll keep them protected. I will make sure that they're celebrated in this church context. Um, and ultimately I'll love them because Christ loves them. And that's what we're here to do. The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.